This is Culture Communication and Brand Moments with Shelby Joe Long, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. Culture, Communication, and Brand Moments is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Shelby Joe Long. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast today. I'm Shelby Joe Long. I'm Senior Vice President of the Strategic Advisor Board and CEO of Business Dynamics. And I love conducting podcasts because I enjoy stories. And I love hearing stories about entrepreneurs who have created a business out of their genius. Genius entrepreneurs that give their gifts to the world because they understand them true selves. And I think this interview today is going to inspire you to just think about your training and your background and all the stories that you have and how you can combine that into a business. And without further ado, I'd like to introduce my (laughs) guest today, Dave Nordell, and his business is called Max Fab, or that's his brand. We're going to talk all about that. So Dave, introduce yourself to the audience, please. Sure. Thanks, Shelby. Um, yeah. So you said, hey, I'm Dave Nordell. And, and uh, I don't know what the introduction is. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a dairy farmer's, you know, kid that grew up in Northern California and, and did all the things that come along with that and uh, decided to serve my country and went in the military. And 30 years, six months and 24 days later, I I finished. And so I did a, I did a full career in the military. And along with that comes a lot of stories, a lot of leadership, uh, a lot of, uh, of management, a lot of people, things. And, uh, and then there's uh, some baggage that comes along with that. And that all shapes who you are today. And so, so that little piece of me, besides the fact that I've been married for 30 years and I've raised two boys and, and, uh, and they're doing well and, and out in the world, um, that, shapes you into who you are. Well, how do you turn that into a business? And I think that's kind of the foundation to, to uh, Max Fab Consulting, one man with a plan and, one, and Max Fab Consulting. And, uh, and some of the things that, uh, that I'm out there, you know, trying to do. And uh, some of this is all about making the world a better place. And some of this is about positioning myself to uh, uh, take people that are doing and making the world a better place, uh, even better at what they're doing. Absolutely. Giving back a little bit, but then you also have developed that knowledge about that. I do want to say also that you are a recently published author. So can you tell us a little bit about your book? Sure, sure. Well, it's international bestseller um, and uh, it's called Giving Back, ironically, uh, Life and Leadership from the Farm to the Combat Zone and Beyond. And in there, there's some uh, rudimentary life lessons, uh, things that you kind of learn on the farm that translate into life, that translate into the battlefield that I attribute to bringing people that I was charged with home alive and, and emotionally, physically, and, and spiritually safe and sound and uh, growing people and growing myself and, and those type of things. And there's corollaries to that. Chapters are short. It's written kind of in a Ken Blanchard kind of mode as a leadership book. Uh, it's got one-liners at the uh, on the back of the book and you can peel them out and stick them on cork boards in your in your uh, in your office in your in your workspace just as motivational things so uh it's a lot of fun but uh, the book is kind of foundational to what i do because if you ask me hey dave what do you think about or if we're working together i'm probably going to reference back to a chapter that uh that i can say read this chapter and it's a good starting point sure sure i'm excited to 
I have read part of it. I haven't read all of it though. So I'm excited to get into it more and just discover the, the synergies in our background, also from a farm, also in consulting and leadership and no military background, but I do have the academic leadership background, been in a lot of spaces of leadership and learned a lot of lessons from that. Right. So mm-hmm. I think those lessons are key. So Well, your book is good. I think we're probably at the same time, about two thirds away through your book. And yeah, and uh, yeah, and it's it's all there. And there's all corollaries. You don't have to be in the military to have some of the same corollaries. So, yeah, that's very true. I always attribute it to the fact that I fought fire for the Forest Service for a long time. So, there's some of the synergy. Yeah, absolutely. Amen. That's that's for another podcast. I want to talk a little bit about your brand and I want to talk about your approach. So, can you tell us the story of the Max Fab Consulting? Everybody laughs. I I, um, I was just talking to an army ranger and I was using Max Fab and he started off by saying, for a guy that ended up being a command chief master sergeant in the, in the Air Force, you know, as high as you can go in the enlisted corps, he said, I never heard of any, any of you guys use the words maximum fabulous. So Max Fab is really um, wrapped around the rudimentary, rudimentary principles that everything is foundational to your attitude. It doesn't matter what your challenges are in leadership and business and start in entrepreneurship and starting something new, getting out there and mixing it up with the fear and the pain, all of the reasons why we shouldn't do something, which fear and pain are the number one, number two things to keep us from being who we are and where we want to be. Right. And we can make up 10 reasons why not to get in the car, why not to drive down the road, why not to hike up the mountain, why not to, to go the extra 2000 yards up the mountain. So you get the full view. All of, we can make all those all those excuses up. Or we can have an attitude of, um, of positivity and, and, and self-talk. So when I was on my way to Iraq in 2008 to be the senior leader of the trauma center there for the entire theater of operations and uh, um, during the surge, uh, during Iraqi freedom, I had to come up with a couple of things quick to get my team to meld and to give them something to hang on to throughout the entirety of that, of that journey so that they could get home emotionally, physically, and spiritually safe. So I picked two things you know, on the pain side. I picked push-ups because I hate push-ups and we did, we did push-ups together. Yeah. Well, when you share the push-ups together, you kind of bond because it's like, Oh no, here he comes. He's going to want to do more push-ups, but you know, all of a sudden you start feeling yourself get a little bit stronger. And as much as you hate it, it's something that you do. And, and then you see benefits. And, you know, as I, as I would work my way through the facility, visiting people and doing push-ups, sometimes 160 of them before breakfast, which was crazy. Uh, we would, uh, uh, we, I would always get asked, and, and you, know, you have to think about this in the leadership role, because we were such so into rituals. I always get asked, Chief, how are you doing? And my response was, I'm maximum fabulous. And, and people go, what, what is that? You know, they'd say, Chief, what is that? And I said, that is the top rung of the attitudinal structure, the ladder. And we're all going to try and get there. And, and when we get there, we're going to rejoice the fact that that's where we're really at. And we're going to have days here where it's going to be really tough to get the max fab. But that is the that is the, the North Star. That is the crowning point that we're always going to work to. And so even in the worst of times, we're going to find the maximum fabulous and whatever it is. I had a heck of a weekend this weekend. And I had to find a lot of max fab. So you did have a weekend. So, I know. So, um, and you have to, you have to do that to, to drive back to that foundationally. So it's an organizational attitude. Um, 
uh, internal organization yourself, external organization, how you project, and then how you carry yourself on a day-to-day thing. And you do that, you do that through repetition and it just becomes part of you. And you can always find the nugget in that, that, that takes you to the next level and past that fear and pain. So, so long story short, the brand, and when you look at my Max Fab logo, it's got um, the red cross and red crescent from the flag behind me. And so the flag is kind of a testament to um, the whole concept because our survival rate, if you got to us and got to a certain point to us, uh, 99.5% of the time we got you home to your family alive. And that's a big deal in a combat zone. And we were dealing with everybody. We were taking care of the bad guys and the good guys and all the people that were wrapped up in, in the middle of it and all the civilians and a lot of children. But my unit on there, they embroidered my name on the top and the unit and then the dates that I was there. But the bottom of that flag says maximum fabulous. And that flag flew over the top of that trauma center for the entire year that I was there. So it is in its pristine state, just like the day that it came off the top of the, of the, of the trauma center. Um, dirt, grime, it's not white anymore, uh, just like that day. So, uh, so there you go. So why wouldn't anybody want a little Max Fab in their world? You know, these are the, these are the soft right. powers, soft organizational powers that actually lead to, um, they lead to retention. Uh, they lead to progress. They help you work in the unknown, unknown space. That scary space that that you're you're uh, petrified to wade into because it might cost too much. It might it might require me to expand floor space. It might I might have to hire five more people. Whatever it is, it gives you the courage and the confidence to wade into the unknown, unknown, and that's the growth space. And so sure. we need to we need to stay there. Do you? I mean, I see this. The I mean. I see the process. I see all of that. And, and I see it. Is that internal awareness kind of the first step in all of that and discovering, yeah. discovering yeah. the pain or I always feel strange about that in the, in my own consulting, when I talk to people do like, do we have to dig down and hit deep bottom before we have to build up or what's that? What is that? What does that look like to you? Do you think? I think that most people know what the pain is. Yeah. I think what you have to do is, so if you're working on yourself, so let's let's just imagine that we're a CEO of a company and we're stagnant, we're stuck, right? And you kind of know for me to go, I got to get bigger, don't want to do it. Got to have an office 25 miles away, don't want to do it. Got to hire another general manager, don't want to do it. So you already know what those pain, pain and fear are. Um, you just have to have somebody in your life or in your sphere that can work with your internal self, right? So once you identify it, then you got to take it on. Right. Well, like any journey, Shelby, PTSD, head trauma, recovery, you know, all of those things, none of us get to get better without help. And so I think a lot of times where the, where the roadblock is, is it's not having to be torn down or it's not having to be made, you know, the shock therapy or you know, here it is, you know, the, like you march it out and you take this unknown and you march it out right. and you introduce them to it. I think it's more of they have to understand what the gravity of it is, what the energy of it is, flip the energy and make it positive and then and then have an adjunct to help them help them move forward. So sometimes that's your wife or your spouse. Sometimes that's a business partner. Sometimes it's your clergyman if, if you're if you're spiritual, whatever it is. And you know, in our cases, sometimes it's a physical or a mental health therapist, right? 
and and you put that person in your life and they help you learn how to walk again and they help you learn how to so so i think it's in your book and i think it's in my book right and we put it in there so i think you know i think we know the answer to that question but that's only because of what life's thrown at us right and and so fear and pain is is when you wake up I, I'm selling your book here, but everybody should read it. Fear and pain is when you wake up after you've been in a coma for 16 days and you can't walk. There's a lot of that going on, right? And so yeah. and so you're looking for help because you don't know if you're ever going to walk again. And then, there, then somebody walks into your life and says, oh, no, you're going to walk again, but here's how we do it. And it seems really scary, right? Yeah. But, uh, but uh, if you got the right thing, so... You know, Max Vab Consulting does that, and uh, and there's people like you that do that, and, and I just think it's I, I, it's just a great space to work in, and I, you know, as the book says, it's giving back, and I don't think that we should ever, not, um, give those gifts back. That's Dave's personal thing. So here I am, right? There you are, giving gifts. That's, I mean, yes, you and you and I resonate with all of those messages. Do you think, here's my challenge and here's my, just something I kind of want to talk about. It's like, some people don't realize that they need it. Do you know what I mean? That I, I think this is a, I think this is a particular problem of CEOs. See, being a CEO is lonely and you control a lot of things and you're, it's often, it's not tunnel vision, but it's like, there's a very limited space and very few people that you can talk to. And so sometimes it takes that extra, you know, with my case trauma, your case, you had, you've had multiple traumas yeah. to deal with. And so it's, I don't know, there's an awareness piece or something has to happen for that to happen. And I don't know, how do we make that more common right before it hits rock bottom or before we have a tragedy? How do we make that more of a common space where people just think about, hmm, maybe I should talk to somebody about how I can better my performance or be a better leader you know we, we just don't think about that immediately so do you know what graveyards are full of i have an idea <laughs> unreplaceable people yeah i think that when you can find a senior leader and get them to, a lot of CEOs are where they want to be because they don't want to be where they came from. Now I'm quoting that from a PhD that's done research on this. Not everybody gets to be CEO. Right. I mean, I can call myself the CEO, my company's small, but I'm talking about the CEO of Xerox or the CEO of, you know, there's very few of those. They're like ivory build woodpeckers are really hard to find. And so, why are they up there? And while they're up there, how do they view where they came from and what's below them? And I would say that there's not, there's not five inches of gap between them and the next layer below them. I'd say there's 30 miles. And sometimes they're up there because they didn't like all the things that they had to do to get there and they don't ever want to do them again. Except that's where you have to work, right? right. So this is a collaborative thing. This is not all Dave Nordell original thoughts. Some of this has actual theory and, and some papers right behind it. So I think when you're working with CEOs, and hopefully there's some listening, I think what you have to do is you've got what's missing in business. And this is what I try to do with the people I'm working with now is there's a thing called tactical awareness. 
Now, most CEOs will say, I'm not going to get tactical. I don't have time to be tactical. I got to be strategic. I got to be big thought. I got to be reinventing myself. I've got to be six months, 12 months, six years down the road, right? But you have to be tactically aware because what's going on tactically is the, it's, it's the, it's the carburetor in your organization. It's people, but it's the carburetor in your organization. And if that's got a little sputter and it's using a little bit too much gas, but you ignore that, you can't hear it anymore, you lose that touch point. And so I think when you close those two and you stay tactically aware, then I think that, that um, people start to realize, hey, need some help. I don't have all the answers. The next two steps I don't know about. So I know you're kind of leading towards where's that, that, magic, that magic potion where you have them drink it and they go, oh, and they get this thing and it, it, it doesn't happen. If only it were that easy. <laughs> I, I had the magic in the military of working with very senior general officers and critical things like healthcare and nuclear, nuclear weapons. And every time that there was a clunk in the machine and the, the generals would say to me, chief, there's a clunk machine. And I'd say, yeah, I can hear it. And you go, where is it? I wouldn't tell him where it was at. I would take him where it was at. I have a great story about that. We don't have enough time today. I'll tell you, it's a Montana, well, it's a, it's a missile field story. It's a Montana story. And it'll make you laugh because it's a legacy story and it's the legacy is hilarious. Someday when you and I are having coffee, I'll tell you and then maybe we can come back. Yeah, for sure. For sure. What would you... I want to, I want to talk a little bit more about your background and yeah. how that influences. Cause now, now that you're, that you're out and you want to have this be, you're, you're building a business out of this. You have a business out from this. What would you say are some of the probably two or three most important lessons you bring from the military into your leadership consulting? Right. Well, lesson number one is generational, um, uh, what am I looking for? The ability to, to lead at a generational level. A lot of people take their leadership skills and they work early on because you're basically leading your almost your peers, same generation. And then more people come from a new generation. New things attract them, new things retain them, new things motivate them, new things make them quit, new things, you know, that's in a whole other book. I think that one's probably in the works. Right. right. So, so uh, what do those things do? And then you have to reshape yourself. So leadership is a reinvention of yourself. And in the military, if you don't reinvent yourself on the fly, and that's, and that's everything from, I'm in a, in a training hospital in the United States of America leading medics, or I'm in a tent with three guys out with a bunch of really spooky guys doing crazy stuff, doing medical stuff, two different levels of leadership, two different levels of interaction, and you kind of have to reinvent yourself. So Number one is, is, is the chameleon effect of being able to do that. You have to, you, I, to be agile as a leader, you have to do that, which, um, which kind of leads to the second point of keeping your ego in check, the servitude piece of it. When I'm working with leaders and I see um, people, people want to jump, jump straight to narcissism. Sometimes it's high levels of confidence, self-confidence. When I see those barriers go up because the ego gets in the way, right? And the ego is also a pain and fear thing, right? So the ego is high. The action that requires the positive outcome for the institution requires you to be a little more vulnerable and a little more open. You don't do it. And so you drive through it. So you change your leadership style to directive. 
you shake your finger, you give a checklist, you walk away, and everybody's totally dissatisfied. It's like it's like me inviting you to lunch and saying we're going to have salad and you get lettuce, right? And so if you feed them lettuce all the time, they'll go someplace else where there's at least croutons. They're just going to they're going to go right. <laughs> so um, so that piece is huge. So keeping your ego in check is is probably number two. And then the third thing, um, I think I kind of already mentioned it. The third thing is is never losing touch with all of the tentacles of electricity that run your organization. And it's so easy to shut off light switches because you only you only you only want to keep the lights on that immediately uh, meet your needs uh, from wherever you're leading at, from ever you know whatever it is as a CEO or even as a senior director or director or whatever wherever you lead, you want to shut off the lights. And sometimes those lights are jobs you've done before, and you turn all of those off, and and because you think you're increasing your bandwidth by doing that. And actually what you're doing is you're narrowing, you're becoming myopic. And myopia, I guarantee you if I, if I hit you in the head hard enough and detached your retina and you did, couldn't see your peripheral vision, you'd go straight to the doctor, right? Yeah. There's, a lot, there's a lot of leaders running around with leadership detached retinas. And they have this block and they want it there because they don't want to see what's on the other side of it. However, that's the key to victory. Is, is staying is staying attached to that. So, uh, yeah, you have to keep you have to keep all your circuits on. And the more you go, the more people plug into you and plug into you. You have to leave all of that on. And quite frankly, I see a lot of people say, you know, well, I'm going to protect my time, and they start they start unplugging, and then they just got one plug, and then and they only get one feed. And as I used to tell the generals, you know, everything that everybody is telling you is only seventy five to eighty percent of of everything you need to know because people filter. And so, yeah, in the military, you can't afford that. You have to know. That's a life and death thing um, at, a, at, a, at a larger level. So sure. Yeah. I hope that was satisfying. I mean, yeah. we, could, we could talk on that one forever. Forever. I love um, the chameleon. The, what I really, I, I think my favorite piece, I love this keeping in touch with your organization and making sure that you're, that you you got to have your finger on the pulse. You don't have to be in it, but at least know what's going on. And that has so much to do with the internal communication and the culture and all of those pieces that are tied together. I love that piece, but I love this chameleon effect of yeah. you yeah. do have to change depending on your audience. Yeah. I talk about that all the time, how it, you have your messages don't resonate across every single audience. They just don't. Right whether it's generations or gender or just situational circumstances. All of it. All of yeah. it. And, and, you know, in the military, you're leading in diverse environments. I mean, you can be talking to 50 people and they're one's from Puerto Rico and one's from Philadelphia. And one, I mean, you did, it's just, everybody's there. So quick story. Cause I am a master storyteller. I got lots of them. So, you are a master storyteller. So quick story. So I'm in, I'm in my first command job. I'm in Fairchild Air Force Base, Spokane, Washington. And I'm really, I'm leading a lot of millennials and I'm really deep into their psyche because I got to, I got to get them right. I got to, I got to get them. And everybody that I talked to kept telling me, you know, you got to tell them they're doing a good job. And I thought, man, I'm a, give me a employee of the month plaque and I'm good for like 10 years, you know? And so it didn't resonate with me, but I let the ego down and I said, okay, here's what I'm going to do every month that it's the anniversary of somebody on the base. Uh, I'm going to write a letter to them. I'm going to sign it. I'm going to write a letter. Thank you for being in the Air Force for four years. Da, 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 da. 
this took a lot of work. My, I had an executive assistant. She hated this because it was just an immense amount of stuff. And I signed, hand signed all of them. And if I knew you personally, I'd put a little note on it. I didn't think anything of it. I'm out in the organizations and I'm in these people's cubicles. And I go around and I go, you got that letter. They go, chief, I got that letter. I got every note that my boss ever sent me. And I sent this to my mother. This is a great place. And they loved being in the Air Force and being in Fairchild Air Force Base because of this it's a piece of paper. So don't talk to me about overhead. All right. that, a lot of that's free, right? Yeah. 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 That's awesome. That's great. Well, Dave, I am inspired by all of your stories. I can't wait to read more of them. I was wondering if you had any advice for people out there that were thinking of because this is a pretty big career transition. You're reinventing your business with all of your expertise. What I like to see with genius entrepreneurs is stepping into another space with your skills and then adapting that to the environment. What advice would you have for entrepreneurs out there that were thinking about the same thing? Uh, number one is take the first step. Mm -hmm. Number two is uh, there's a lot of people out there that are a little bit ahead of you. Um, so get the fresh perspective on um, do's don'ts those type of things find a mentor or mentors um some people are very proud of the fact that they've done it all themselves and you know and i've built this and i've done that and you know and i saved money or i self-published or whatever it is uh i'm a believer because i'm an owner of ptsd and it's part of me i'm a believer in any journey that you start that's a little bit scary and a little bit new you need help and so find the right help you know, you can't hire everybody and you can't have all, of, but find the right help, fill your, fill your weaknesses, um, find out what your superpowers are and leverage your superpowers at every turn of the hat. And when you hit a spot, that's a little bit of a weakness, get some help, uh, what you tell yourself, you believe. So stay max fab inside and, and, and keep the, keep the right attitude. And, uh, when you're a little bit down, um, uh, turn the key and shut off, take a deep breath and think. Those are all great pieces of advice, especially for entrepreneurs. And I think turning it off and just sitting for a while is important. And I think that if the other one that I think is so important is, is seek a community, seek mentors yeah. and you don't have to do it alone. Yeah. So you don't have to, you yeah. can move faster and, leverage the community around you to be able to create, uh, create your, create your, the business that you want. Right. So right. can do it. Yeah. Hey, every hall of famer that's in the baseball hall of fame failed seven out of every 10 times. So keep swinging, keep swinging, keep doing it. Well, love it. On that note, uh, I hope that we have inspired our, listeners to just keep their max fab perception about the world and entrepreneurship. You're going to fail, but that doesn't mean that it's over. Learn from it, move on, engage your community. I think those are some pretty amazing things. So I thank you for coming on the podcast today and, and telling us your stories and talking about how to be max fab. I think it's just great. So you're the best. Thanks. Well, Thanks for being in my world and helping me. So it's all good. And likewise, I yeah. look forward to what is to come next. Yeah. And we can buy your book, Giving Back on Amazon. Is that correct? You can, Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Yeah. Barnes and Noble. Great. Mm. And go to, the, go to the website, 
go to the website, click work with Dave, and you can just write me a note, even if you just want to talk for 30 minutes for free. So one man, one plan. What's that? Might one be longer plan. than 30 minutes, but you know. Right, right. No, because Dave is Dave's a storyteller. You gotta listen to him. You gotta listen to leave at least one of them. But uh, yeah. 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 Well, I'll be sure to include that in all the show notes too. Do but that. I appreciate you coming on the podcast today and telling your story. And I look forward to what's next. It's gonna be Me awesome. Too. That's okay. right. Get Shelby's book. Good <laughs> Get stuff. Dave's book. Right. <laughs> All right, Thank ma'am. you. And Thank for you, you listeners out there, I hope that you enjoy the podcast and are inspired to think about your genius in a different way so you can influence the world just like Dave is doing right here. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Culture, Communication, and Brand Moments with your host, Shelby Jill Long. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we will see you on the next episode.